Hello, this is John Scalzi, and you're listening to Versus the World Radio. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is Casually Hardcore, my favorite podcast on the Internet. Versus the World Productions. What has been heard cannot be unheard. www.vtwproductions.com the following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Title and background music for this production provided courtesy of Sean Beeson, composer for media. Find him on the web at www.seanbeeson.org. Dot com. That's S-E-A-N-B-E-E-S-O-N dot com. I don't like this place. Alive. It's alive. It's alive. Do not panic, ladies and gentlemen. The casuals have taken control of the airwaves. This is Casually Hardcore, live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. If you wish to participate in today's show, please come to the website and choose chat at the top of the page. If you have a webcam, click on chat and video to join the video wall. If you want to do IRC chat, click on chat, and you can use our web-based IRC client to join in the chat during the show. If you want to email the show, the address is ch at vtwproductions.com. That's ch as in casually hardcore at vtwproductions.com. And now, on with the show! For Sunday, I believe the 25th of November, 2012, this is casually hardcore. I am gnomewise, and I am all you're getting. Oh yes, indeed, flying solo. So of course, flying solo as I am, mere seconds before going on the air, I managed to delete my entire pre-show, beautifully formatted template and cue. We had all the tracks and all the music queued up perfectly, because... Ladies and gentlemen, that is how I roll. Left to my own devices, I will screw it up every time. So, with any luck, we will just quietly put all the crap back in place during the segment. Yeah, like that's going to happen. Silence! So, welcome to Casually Hardcore. It has been a very interesting couple of weeks. Uh, and if you know me, when I say interesting, I don't mean what most of you think when you say interesting. Because I go back to the ancient Chinese curse that goes, may you live in interesting times. Never forget that that is a curse. So yeah, it's been interesting. We have officially commenced here in the U.S. the holiday season. And just having passed this past Thursday, uh, American Thanksgiving Day, and, of course, that means that into this weekend, uh, a lot of my fellow hosts have family in town and obligations of that type, thus resulting in it being just me on the air today. And last weekend, before the holidays began, 
I had a major server replacement at uh, one of my larger clients, which consumed the entire weekend. There always was the, the small hope we held out that I could position things such that there'd be a large file copy or data transfer happening in the two-hour period when the show was to take place so that I could drive back home and perform the show. <laughs> no, uh, it more sort of didn't happen. So, yeah, sorry about the short notice slash no notice on no show last week. Um, I had entrusted one of my co-hosts to post to the front page that the show was not happening. And as you may have noticed, that didn't happen. But it's okay. I'm not bitter about it. But that's how things happen here during the holidays. Everything gets very uh, seat of the pants, unfortunately, just with the variability of who's available when and who's got people coming into town, who have unexpected gatherings taking place uh, that are put together at the last minute. So here we are with you and me and a microphone and a list of things to do. So, again, sorry for the lack of notice on the uh, server migration interfering with last week's show. Things look fairly normal for the next several weeks. Knox uh, simulated wood grain product. We shall see uh, if we manage to hold things together. And we are also approaching the second week of January this year is when the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas takes place. The uh, CES has, for the first time in living memory, changed uh, from the first week of January to the second so we will uh, have a little bit of downtime between New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, you know, the, the ending of the American holiday season, uh, and when we get to hop in the car and head for Vegas, baby! And hopefully, as far as I know, we'll be uh, joining at the very least Doc Dead uh, up there. Uh, myself, Iolite, Grail, Daxa, uh, Gwenora is a big question mark leaning towards probably not being able to, needing to do wedding preparation type things uh, most weekends because getting married in the Catholic Church is no small undertaking for any of you who have uh, gone through that. Uh, Iolite and I went through that and Gwenora and Thumbelina are slogging their way through the long list of requirements uh, which is a big reason why we haven't been hearing a lot of stuff from Gwen because a lot of that stuff falls on Sunday. 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 So from Helen... A big hello to IRC. How are you guys all doing today? And let me do a little shout out action here. No, not that one. No, not that one. Uh, yeah, that'll do. So joining us in the IRC, as usual, is our IRC rep, nay, our producer, Barry Von Awesome. If you have something to bring to my attention, especially today when I'm flying solo and, you know, rebuilding playlists and templates and stuff behind the scenes, uh, please send your personal messages to the aforementioned Barry VA, and he will bring them to my attention. If you try and PM me directly during the show, you probably won't get noticed because flipping between many, many windows as I am, uh, ooh, really? Copy going to CES? Hmm, I have been... Distracted by the black void of the IRC. That, uh... Interesting. Copy. You were not told about Vegas. Vegas is there! 
I mean, what do you need to know about it? It's Sin City. It is the beacon of light in the darkness of the desert. Um, hmm. Drop-ins now in Seattle. I'm just looking at the IRC because I'm going to be having 40-second delayed conversations with all the people on the IRC, which does not make for good radio. Now, since we have also entered into the holiday season, our music breaks are going to begin taking that uh, holiday twist. And along those lines, uh, our friends Jonathan Colton and John Roderick have released a Christmas album. And as is their want, they have released it under Creative Commons, which means we are able to include them in our podcast, which is completely awesome. And we thank them for that. And you'll be getting a triple dose of Jonathan Colton and John Roderick today. And this is from, this, uh, when we get to that one, oh, God, I've already forgotten the name of the damn album. I will give it to you before the break. Uh, but the first, uh, first break, we have queued up uh, some Jonathan Colton, John Roderick, Team Up Holiday Goodness. It is a happy thing. All right. So in our section where we, you know, occasionally play the intro, tangents are kind of a big deal. Tangents are in big. Indeed, kind of a big deal. So I was rushing home today from downtown Phoenix, uh, where we had, Ayelet and I had met one of her former co-workers downtown at Alice Cooper's Town, which is the sports bar joint venture of Alice Cooper um, and Randy Johnson, formerly of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, your basic sports bar type place, but has that extra dose of... Um, death metal grunge that Alice Cooper brings to the uh, to the table. Alice Cooper, Arizona local boy. Shout out to that. Um, now, there's been some mention here in the IRC that I may have possibly been spotted in World of Warcraft in the last week or so. And, yeah, uh, you weren't imagining that. I uh, dusted off the copy of WoW and took Blizzard up on their 10-day... Uh, free trial of Kung Fu Pan, I mean Mists of Pandaria, and haven't spent a ton of time in there. Um, took a look at the pet battle system, and I hadn't realized that they lifted it quite as cleanly as they had straight out of Pokemon. Um, but if you've ever played any of the Pokemon DS games, you know how to play this game. I mean, it was basically... They have... They didn't even try to make it different, basically. <laughs> it's Pokemon in World of Warcraft using what used to be your non-combat pets. And, of course, they have added all kinds of other tameable pets throughout the world um, from the gotta catch them all standpoint. And then they each have their various strengths and weaknesses against other uh, pet types. It is... It's Pokemon. So I can see how that could be very appealing to people who already have a love of Pokemon and can have that in the World of Warcraft uh, setting. I was kind of curious, because I was always a non-combat pet collector, um, even before they really meant anything other than just, you know, here's, here's something rare that I have that you might not have. And I'm wondering if any of those special non-combat pets that are now combat pets have particularly desirable traits. So the ones I've been leveling have been my mini Tyrael, 
my murky, and then I've got the uh, little void reaver you got from the painful process of gathering the books in Dalaran, um, which, again, more people have access to than, like, say, the Miniterial, but uh, was still a, a lesser-known or lesser-obtained pet. So don't know if that you know if, if they level up in anything particularly unstoppable or deadly but it's always fun to whip out the pets that people aren't used to seeing and i was also curious to see in game the addition of the the reward people get when they sign up for the blizzard annual pass is now tyriel's charger which is basically a steed that they've mocked up with uh barding that's very similar to tyriel's armor and have given wings to that are very similar to the you know the streaming uh, tendrils that Tyrael's and Mini Tyrael have always worn. So now I can stand next to somebody who's on Tyrael's charger with Mini Tyrael, and it's kind of you know the whole match set thing. And I was curious, you know, where the heck that that horse came from, so I had to look it up on. Yes, I actually cracked open Wowhead for the first time in over a year, and was researching Tyrael's charger. Oh. Okay, basically hand over a year's worth of money to Blizzard and they'll give you, you know, stuff in game. And that was a whole tie in with Diablo 3, where you'd sign up for the full year, you would get a f- included in that year a copy of Diablo 3. So, of course, they made the in game WoW reward Diablo related, which makes perfect sense. But I digress. Um, server transfer. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to have to edit this dead air out before I make the podcast. Let's see. Taz is making the implication that our show was canceled. No, we just had a week off. We had two weekends, not in a row, but interspersed there where we had to cancel one with very short notice, uh, which was last weekend. But no, uh, as I've told people on Facebook, the show is not ending. We're simply entering, entering into the normal holiday mayhem this time with an extra sauce of me having to work an entire weekend and the fact that I'm pretty much the one that knows how to operate the broadcast rig still. And so if I can't make it, the show doesn't happen. And I, at once that makes me feel valued and no pressure at the same time, but I digress. So yeah, uh, really the wow, you know, going back into wow again, yet another, complete gutting and redesign from the ground up of talent systems. Um, Not, I mean, this one seems vastly simplified um, over its predecessor. Not sure how I feel like about that. Uh, They've definitely, you know, since I dusted off the Druid as the one to play, um, I used to be able to play more soundly with when I went feral to be very effective as possible, both DPS cat form and uh, tank bear form. They've really designed it now where you can do one or the other effectively. So they've, they've really pigeonholed people as you are a healing type, you are DPS either ranged or melee range, or you are a tank. So they've really solidified the Holy Trinity in a big, big way. And I think they've, the reason they've done that is it allows them to uh, customize other parts of the game if they can really solidly tell what role you expect to play. 
So I've also been noticing that the quest rewards are automatically tailored to what you're playing at the time you turn in the quest. So all the Pandaria quests I've done so far have had a single quest reward that you have no choice in. So it's no longer that here's the choice of six different things you could take. Here's the leather armor item that has the stats for the um, spec that you are currently running and no decisions to be made. Here's what you're going to get, and it matches the way you're playing, at least at the time you turned in the quest. Interesting. Um, on one hand, feels like dumbing down. On the other hand, sometimes making those choices, especially before I knew as much about uh, the different roles in the game, you know, would, would make some pretty dumb decisions about what I took as a quest reward because I didn't understand the game mechanics particularly well. And especially in Vanilla WoW, there were times where you had one shot at a particular best-in-slot item, and if you chose wrong at that particular quest turn-in, you were going to be second best forever, or at least until the next expansion shipped. I remember a certain number of trinkets you could choose from some of the uh, near you know, mid-50s to 60 quests in the original game were, you know, here is the best-in-slot tanking trinket for a bear. And if you didn't get it, there's nothing even approaching it in coolness that you can get anywhere else in the game. That's certainly going to happen a hell of a lot less with this kind of... Uh, uh, yes, I am uh, talking about WoW. Aid. Aid! Expect to hear your sultry voice later, even though Daxa is not among us today. We'll record it and send it to her so that she may have her dose of fuzzy foreign accents later. Yes, currently solo gnome. Because it's the holidays and people have family in town and that is how things roll. So yeah, the uh, I'm not sure if you know, they've, they've done enough with the game to make me actually re-up. I'm, uh, I'm getting close to the end of the 10-day freebie here. Um, and it's at once comfortably familiar. Um, you know, you fall right back into a lot of the patterns. Um, there's some differences there. And, of course, there's new areas to explore. There's the new race and the new class. But I've always been someone who I've, I've got my druid, and that's the one I would continue to play. I wouldn't want to go back and re-roll a, no, re a, a monk or anything fun like that. So... We'll see, but it's been a fun... I've got a couple of four sessions under my belt in there. Haven't had... I've been having, of course, you know, the minute I sign up for the 10-day trial, I immediately begin hitting hardware issues with my rig because... <sighs> may you live in interesting times. Um, so I've been trying to you know, get into vent at the same time and to the point of... Okay, insert USB headset into... Oh, blue screen of death and spontaneous reboot. Great, that's just dandy. So the fact that I can't get into you know, voice over IP, which to me the, the interaction and the playing and the talking is, is a huge... The social interaction is a huge part of how much I enjoy while maybe robbing from the experience here because I've been having to fight my equipment to try and get anything done. Other than just you know, the, the delicate balance of getting the game running at all. Um, so 
we'll see. I got, I think I have three days left. I'll try and get some uh, some play in tonight. Um, but I'm actually uh, now that Heart of the Swarm is on the horizon. Uh, I may. I'm also toying with the idea of, of diving into the StarCraft thing. Um, I played. I've played the various betas and demos. Uh, bits and chunks. I've never really went and got Wings of Liberty property and played through. Um, and it, to me, it would be all, all about campaign mode and just playing friends head to head. I'm not. Will never be a competitive player. Never be someone who who cares about laddering just because not enough time and just not that good at real time strategy. And there's a lot of people out there who are really good at real time strategy. And who enjoy smurfing and getting in there and stomping all over newbies, which, hey, it's the internet. That's what people do. Ugh. But uh, the bits of uh, StarCraft II I have played, I've loved, because it, it really holds most all the charm of the original StarCraft. Um, and they, I think they did a really good job of not spoiling anything. They have not brought anything particularly revolutionary to the table, which I'm good with. Um, you know, I was able to to get back in, knew the basics of how to play an RTS, um, and yeah, it's a comfortable place. So I think if if WoW doesn't grab me in the next you know three days of their free trial, I think it's going to charge forward into Wings of Liberty and and be ready for Heart of the Swarm because hey, who doesn't want to see the next part of Kerrigan's story? That's the big thing about the StarCraft series. They, even though it's just that RTS, it's got that wonderful Blizzard-style story underneath the hood. And I want to know where they're taking Kerrigan, because that's an interesting and compelling character. Um, Queen of the Blades. That, and she makes one hell of a statue. If you've ever been to a BlizzCon, you know what I'm talking about. Damn. Ah, well, let me stare into the black void. For a moment, let's see. Skype noise. You guys are hearing Skype noise? Why would you be hearing Skype noises? I hear nothing. I just work here, Ming. Do I even have Skype fired up yet? Yes, I do. But I've got the input turned down. Please illuminate for me, oh great and powerful uh, IRC. What are you hearing? What are you talking about? How are you, why are you trying to distract me from, from my rambling monologue? Ah, the Skype noises on the video wall. Evil people who are not muting their microphones on the video wall. <laughs> Die in a fire. You should not do that. Um, as a quick tangent before we wrap for the uh, first break here, I am experimenting more with the static uh, Google Hangouts as a way of uh, multi-video conferencing together. I want to see how it stacks up to the uh, TalkBox stuff we're using. Uh, so when we're wrapped up here, may have a uh, Emperor's Court listening party on the uh, static uh, Google Hangout that I want to experiment with. So I'll post the details after I'm off the air. In the IRC, we can get in there and make fun of the Emperor as he broadcasts our three-hour break from Internet Porn. Now, as we get towards the end of the first break here, so call-in topic for the fourth half of the show when we get down to that. We may do a little early just in case uh, 
I run out of solo steam and we'll begin leaning on you guys uh, as a crutch for content. What did you do for Black Friday this year? So in the U.S. in particular, the Friday after Thanksgiving is Black Friday. Gets that name from the idea that the retailer's ledgers for the year transition from running in the red to running in the black. They have all their... Uh, let me say profitability comes from holiday sales. And the big turning point is supposed to be this huge day of sales uh, after the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. And because of that, they put up these ridiculous doorbuster deals. Uh, lost leaders, stuff... Uh, Stuff that uh, you know they make no money on, but is a ridiculously good deal to get you in the door with the idea being, hopefully while you're there, you'll buy up all kinds of other good profit margin items. Because of that, it's turned into this consumerism feeding frenzy, and, but also, at the same time, some of the best deals of the year are to be had. And if you've participated in that, either uh, via what they refer to as Cyber Monday, because the Monday after Thanksgiving is supposed to be the big day when good deals are to be had online, so tomorrow. Did you get anything on Black Friday this year? And what kind of a deal was it? And what did you have to go through to get it? Or, if you did not participate in Black Friday Feeding Frenzy, what did you do instead? And why did you not want to participate in the Feeding Frenzy? So, call in topic for the fourth half. What did you pick up on Black Friday, or Thursday, or the whole week? Or are you going to get on Cyber Monday? Um, or if you decided to sit it out, why did you sit it out? And what did you do with your time instead? You are listening to Casually Hardcore live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Here we have a first track from the Christmas album from Jonathan Colton and Jonathan Roderick. This one is called Christmas in Jail. We'll be back, or I'll be back, right after this. This show is brought to you in part by Audible. Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet. With over 85,000 programs for more than 1,000 content providers, including leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Audible customers can also have their Audible content wirelessly delivered to their smart mobile devices daily, even while sleeping, taking the computer out of the equation. To find out more, visit vtwproductions.com and click on the audible.com advertisement on the left-hand side. Or visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. New customers in the United States and Canada will receive a free audiobook download when they sign up via that link. audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. Mama told you things. Well, first, 
She never understood me But I don't want to talk about that now My daddy hates to be away from you at Christmas Don't you worry, I'm doing fine inside I made you a toothpick Eiffel Tower I got three squares and I'm making a kind of wine This punishment is cruel and unusual well, I did my best, but the system said I failed Don't lie awake and wonder whether Santa visits me There's even Christmas in jail well, I had a stack of presents for you, darling The sheriff took him down to Evan I don't wanna put this burden on you. Would you have your mother bring me cigarettes? You know you're always first in my affection With good behavior I'll be out in two As far as all that money that went missing well, It's not for your mother, it's Minus expenses This punishment is cruel and unusual Did my best, but the system said I failed Don't lie awake and wonder whether Santa visits me There's even Christmas in All serving turkey tetris I got my stocking hung up right above the town. Yep, from my little window I can see the starlight. They're the same old stars that you'll be wishing on. This punishment is cruel and unusual. Well, I did my best, but the system said I failed. Corsetto from Girls with Slingshots, and you are listening to Versus the World Radio. I hope you have a drink handy. Geeks in a Gaming World. Casually Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio, VTWProductions.com. I am a geek, and this is a gaming world. Now, gaming news. We've got uh, you know, new console shipping. We leading the charge, excuse me, Nintendo leading the charge with the Wii U, and it's more or less a repeat of the Wii, um, in the sense that they are not going for massive computing power, not going for massive storage capacity, not going for out-of-control uh, graphics capability. 
Um, instead, attempting to innovate on the controller front again. And so the Wii U has the new Wii U controller in addition to the Wii controller, which is the Wii motion sensor controller, which is the evolution of what used to be the Wii controller with the Wii Motion Plus, which is basically the add-on bit that fixed the crappy response of the original unit. So you have the Wii Motion controllers and the nunchucks as one kind of controller. And now they have the Wii U controller, which is the gamepad, which the with a full-color touchscreen game controls and basically can be used as a freestanding gaming device. So... The One of the things they've put up is, of course, with the Nintendo native titles, they've got versions of the game where you can continue playing the game in some fashion on the gamepad while someone else uses the television. So you're playing your game and someone comes and says, hey, I want to watch some TV now. You can transition it off of the console and off of the television screen onto just the Wii game controller, gamepad, continue playing, and then one would assume transition back to the big screen later. It'll be interesting to see what the developers do with that. We have pretty much just the the launch titles to look at. Um, but everyone kind of looked at the Wii when it shipped and said, huh? Don't, you know, don't quite get this. It, it looks like it's set up for failure because it's this weak graphics weak processor, no storage, um, crappy backwards compatibility, and what's this motion sensor controller? And then it went on to be the best-selling console of its generation because they tapped into a whole new market segment that the other consoles were not going after, which is essentially non-gamers. Those have already all been brought into the fold. So... Theoretically, they'll be selling Wii U consoles to that same pool of people that they converted from being non-gamers into family gamers. And so they should have a decent pool, but are they going to be able to expand their reach, which is what companies are always looking to do is, okay, we need to reach more, we need to reach more. That was the trick that the Wii did so well, was they reached people who previously would not have purchased gaming consoles. Can they repeat that trick? I think it's going to be a heck of a lot harder because they've already tapped out that vein. And what does the Wii U really bring? I mean, the Wii brought casual gaming and an innovative controller style that was very accessible to anybody who wanted to stand in front of the television and thrash and feel like they were bowling or feel like they were playing tennis or whatever. And some good launch titles, Super Mario Galaxy and Super Mario Galaxy 2 were great. Uh, you know, the, the traditional great platformer Mario game that made decent use of the new controller scheme looked as, you know, primary color pretty as all the Mario games have up until now. And the Mario title that launches you know, with the Wii, the Wii U, has all of that. Takes, of course, full advantage of the Wii U uh, controller is one of the, the launch games where you can continue gameplay on the pad while you sacrifice the television. So as usual, Nintendo has delivered their, you know, here's the platform, here's an example of how you, you should use it. Do we see 
you know, what's going to come along? You know, what's what's the Red Dead Redemption of the future that will be a third-party game that really looks good and is a powerful driver of console sales? We'll see. Um, it's selling very well at launch on the strength of its predecessor. Good price point, as usual. Uh, Nintendo's done a slightly better job this time around having enough available. They They wildly underestimated their own popularity with the original Wii and had supply chain problems that lasted well into the year following the launch of the console. Um, the, you know, I, I haven't even you know, been excited enough about to seek it out in a store to see a demo, but I'm also old and jaded, so I'm probably not exactly their demographic. However, if Nemesis ever lays eyes on one of these things we're doomed and we will be destined to own one because 10-year-old him will immediately glom onto that game controller and must have must have must have you know the 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 Wii that we own now that he's currently playing in the next room in a very contented fashion will suddenly become very old news and will not be good enough and must immediately be replaced with a Wii U because well there's a Wii U available um Again, part of Nintendo's genius is, is marketing to the segment in the household marketplace that, in their own unique way, buys, uh, drives buying decisions. Uh, it's not because they have con- direct control over the money, because they have direct control over the parents who have the money. So I'm actually kind of actively avoiding having Nemesis uh, gain knowledge of the existence of the Wii U, because I'm not quite ready to buy one yet. <laughs> We shall see. So I'm curious if uh, anyone who's listening in the IRC has a Wii U, um, plans to buy one, or has experience uh, playing with one, see if it's if there's something there that I'm missing um, as far as you know what what is its big deal other than the allegedly uh, revolutionary controller. Now in house we have our very own uh, test. Uh, beta tester, shall we call him? Uh, now, where the heck did my contacts? Let's go. Skype is toying with me. Stand by. Please listen to this light music while we find our contact. Oh yes, elevator music, uh, Christmas style. <sighs> Be afraid. Be very afraid. Right, let's see. We got Skype wired up properly here. Atsy dang phone, Mang. See, I told you. So, <clears throat> Wii U. You've had it for a week, right? Yes, I have. And what is your, <laughs> your what is your seven day reaction? Do you regret well, buying it? Do you love it? Is it the second coming? What? Uh, I am enjoying it a great deal. Uh, you know, I don't want to throw the L word around because I don't want to commit to anything hardcore relationship-wise with a video gaming console. But uh, that would no, be it, you know, possibly <laughs> creepy or something, maybe. Exactly, a little bit. Well, actually, I want to throw it back to something Doc Dead said in the IRC. He said Nintendo should stick to handhelds, which is something that they've always excelled at uh, in that you know in that market. Their their Game Boys have always been the top seller handheld thing. But and what the, they the, Wii, did, the Wii U's innovation is a handheld. Exactly. What they did was they gave you a handheld 
to play with their home council on. They actually, I think, did something really genius. They found a way to make it feel like you're playing your Game Boy and your home council at the same time. Well, they've because attempted that before with the GameCube with the docking cable for the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, but it never really worked out for them, I think, that time. and well, it, also, it, not was, everyone had a, a GBA, so now exactly. everyone's going to have at least one Wii U controller that comes with the Wii, the Wii U. Yes, exactly. And I think one of the great things, too, is that uh, they set it up so that it works as a universal remote for your TV and your cable box. Nice. So... There's no reason you shouldn't always have that thing in front of your TV going, hey, play me, hey, play me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't find the TV remote? Well, just pick this up and turn it on. And Oh, look, now your home console turned on, too. And maybe you should go in and play that Mario game a little bit. Uh-huh. And I also think that the other genius thing that they did was that, uh, they, of course, they had two versions of the console, uh, the black and the white, and the black one had a larger hard drive in it, and it came with Nintendo Land. Uh, much like the original Wii uh, came with Wii Sports, which is pretty much just a package title to demonstrate all of the innovations and things you can do in a game with this new touchscreen, motion-controlled right. uh, controller. But what they did this time, instead of saying, let's, you know, instead of throwing in the game like Wii Sports, which is just you and the Miis playing, you know, six games like bowling and baseball and golf and all that stuff, right. is that they took their major Nintendo titles like Mario and uh, Zelda and Metroid and Animal Crossing and put them in that game so that people that uh, buy this game to see how, you know, the, the, the title to get all of the uh, stuff out of this console are going to be like, oh, this is a Zelda game. Oh, this is a, a Pikmin game. Look, look, I like playing this Pikmin game. Maybe I should go buy that other Pikmin uh-huh. game that just came out. Genius. I think it, it's genius. And Nintendo Land is really fun. I've had a lot of fun playing it. So it's not merely a cynical showcase of and mini games to get you hooked on the real thing. It's also a, just a damn fine game in and of itself. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying the heck out of it. And the other thing that you may not know that they've done with this console is that they've essentially integrated a social network into the whole thing. They tried that, that with the Wii, and it was horrible. Yes, and I think they've done a bit of a better job on this one because at any point in time when you're playing a game, you can pause it, uh, press a button on the home menu, say, I want to post this to uh, the Nintendo network and the Mii network, and you can make a... I'm sorry, I'm getting some echo. Um, you could post it instantly, and it's kind of tricky to do screenshots, but it is possible, and say, look what I'm doing right now. Check this out. This is amazing. And all of the people on your friends list can see it, and uh, if you're in the home menu of the Nintendo Wii, uh, there's people standing around the Netflix app and the, the apps for the other games with message bubbles over their heads saying the things that they're posting on the social network. Hmm. And in that home menu, the games that you don't own that are available for download very easily by clicking on the Nintendo store but of course. are there. So I go into my home menu on my Nintendo and there's an Assassin's Creed bubble and there's a uh, Zombie U bubble in both games which I don't own. But if I just click on them, I could download them like that. Well, probably really long, but... And you know. also, you have this virtual crowd of people. Oh, look where all the cool kids are playing. They're playing Zombie U. Well, there's a, this equal number of people around all of the apps, even around, like, the, the YouTube app and the Netflix app. 
uh, as there are around the games. But you can see what people are actually saying about those things. And uh, the other cool thing that people are doing is they're drawing really amazing black and white photo pictures on their game pads and posting them as messages for these uh, games and apps. And that's what you're seeing over their head. So it's really really interactive it's it's almost it's a little bit more like reddit though because it's getting a little weird and dirty well i mean come on you give people anonymity and the ability to draw pictures exactly i mean it, it was within an hour of the launch of the of the thing when i saw on reddit the screenshot yeah. and said this basically well this didn't take long which was, was the, pic- the picture of the me with the the crudely drawn penis over his head and that was in nintendo land yes someone saw that it's like Really, guys? Oh, wait a second. This is the internet, of course. Yeah, we're we, we're just we're just would have expected the penis to be rendered in a more realistic fashion than that because we've moved beyond stick figures here, kids. I think that they've done some really innovative things with the home console that, with this home console, and the only question is going to be: Are they going to have the titles to back it up? Because I mean, right now they are not. One of the titles that was promises a launch title. I got there on the day of release and found out it's coming out in March. Yeah. Which was the Zelda title? No, the Lego title. Oh, which Lego? Uh, Lego City Adventures, okay. I think so it's, it's called. Generic. It's generic. No, not... Le- Lego City Undercover. It, okay. It's been touted as Grand Theft Auto set in a Lego universe. <laughs> of course. Because, I mean, what else wouldn't you want Neo Legofied than GTA? Exactly. There was another title, though, that was supposed to be a launch title, and they found out when the titles didn't show up. That it's coming out in May. And they didn't release this information until launch day. The guy at GameStop said, I found out we weren't getting it when we opened the box with all the titles and it wasn't there. Yikes, that's not good communication. Because you you know when your launch date has been pushed back. Exactly. I mean, Nintendo just didn't want the pre-bad press saying, Wii U launches with poor launch title support. You should probably wait until June to buy yours. Yeah. That's not the kind of press release you want right before your new hardware goes on sale. So what title did you go for with uh, the purchase of your console? Or did you just go with the, did you go with the box-ins was all? I have Nintendo Land, and I uh, get the Lego title, so I said, you know what? I'm going to pick up the Mario game. If there's one game that they probably did a good job on, it was probably their flagship character. Mm-hmm. And I haven't played a Mario platform game in a long time. Probably the last one that I owned was Mario Sunshine, which was on the... Uh... Play the GameCube, jeez. Yeah, I, I skipped over the, the most recent Wii generation ones and the, and the Game Boy ones because I was like, ah, it's probably the same, you know, same thing, different day. And oh my gosh, they have changed so... Mario games have changed so much in the last 20 years yes. since the original Mario Brothers game. I felt like such a decrepit old man playing, putting this game in. <sighs> Double jump, wait, I can ground pound. I'm like, oh, I can't remember what all these buttons do. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, that's not a fire flower. What, I can shoot ice now? Oh, what have you kids done to my Mario? Yep. But it's fun. It's actually really fun, and the levels are really innovative. Like, I, I don't think Mario's platforming, the platforming design of these Mario games has gone stale. You know, they've actually been really innovative and kept up with what you know other platforming titles have done to make things challenging other than like uh what was that uh, fez game where everything was kind of 8-bit but then it was also 3d you could go around corners and everything. that's the only thing i've noticed that they haven't done 
They yeah. they do bits of that in Galaxy. Or they do a great deal of that in Super Mario Galaxy and Super Mario Galaxy 2. Um, it's a little more subtle because you're usually running around the outside of, of spherical constructs. And with right. Fez, you would reach the end of you know something that had right angles to it, and the entire thing would, would rotate and shift. And so it wasn't quite as... You know, Fez, it relied upon you deliberately shifting perspective from one dimension to another. With Super Mario Galaxy, they just have little tiny worlds and asteroids and things that you're running around the outer surface of. So you don't have to, it's not as much of a puzzle game, but it is a really neat uh, use of the 3D rendering engine. Okay, yeah. So I, I skipped over those Galaxy titles. I saw them and saw other people playing them and went, yeah, not for me. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe it's genius that they didn't ship all their titles because I, I was at the store and went, oh, what the hell, I'll buy the Mario title too because I need to have something to play. Right. And I probably skipped it because I put in probably uh, 25 hours just playing Nintendo Land already. Now, Nintendo Land was the box in, right? came with the unit? Oh, it came in with the uh, black unit uh, with the big hard drive, but you could also, unlike Wii Sports, you could also buy it separate. So the... The Wii U has a proper hard drive this time. Um, the white one has like a four gig hard drive, and the big one has like a thirty-two gig hard drive. But they they um they say that if you're downloading full versions of game which are on Blu-ray discs, that's another thing I saw on Reddit. Uh, there was a meme of douchebag Nintendo. Uh, games come on Blu-ray discs. Won't play movies. Play, won't play the movie. No, Nintendo never. I mean, from the GameCube forward, they basically said we are not a movie playing machine. We are your gaming rig. You want to play buy a movie playing machine? The Blu-ray players are over there. And yet it has uh, Netflix on it and a really awful YouTube uh, app. Yeah, nobody's really nailed the YouTube thing. I mean, my my dearly departed uh, PS3 had the best uh, Netflix interface of any that I've come across. But the the one on the Nintendo, the regular Wii, the the interface on uh, Netflix is horrible. I've watched a little bit of YouTube on the the Wii just to see what it was like, and watching the videos on there was pretty good, but browsing for videos is awful, and it auto-plays the next video. Uh, it is a little cool that it does. You can be watching the video, and the video description is on the controller in your hands. Neat. You look down, oh, this is interesting. And you can almost kind of browse for your next video on the controller while you're watching a video, but it does not well, yeah, well, really, pretty- every console, I mean, with my, I've got the uh, TiVo Premiere, I've had, before it died, we had the PS3, the Wii, um, and none of, they all have, you know, alleged YouTube access, the search model on every single one of them is terrible, the resolution is screwy, the controls are bad. No one is really that I've come across has made a satisfactory television interface for YouTube. And you would think that it would be a piece of cake. Um, you think Nintendo would have done a better job because they can at least give you an on-screen keyboard on the Wii remote, which is the big thing that screws up the interface on most of the other platforms is they can't guarantee that you have plugged in a USB keyboard. Right. So they have to give you the on-screen keyboard, and they're all uniformly clunky and bad. And Nintendo has this leg up of, well, we've got this big honking controller that we can give you a touch keyboard on, and it sounds like they haven't really capitalized on it. 
Oh, we were talking too about the hard drive uh, on the the Wii's. They the one thing that they have done with these is that there's I think at least three, maybe four USB ports on this thing. Right. And they say if you get a USB hard drive, go for it and pl- and just plug it in. It'll format to only be formatted for Nintendo, but wham bam, it'll work like a charm. And no, if nothing you, special I, required, nothing special required. Any. Uh, any USB uh, hard drive will just work, and it'll work exactly as if it's on the hard drive on the Wii. Good guy, Nintendo. From what I, yeah, from what I understand, it, it, you won't be able to tell the difference if something's on your memory card or on the internal hard drive or on a, an external hard drive. And so you can go up to terabytes of data on these things. If there's that much to even be downloaded. Well, I mean, if you're downloading full games from the Nintendo store, you're going to get up there pretty quick. Hmm. Because a Blu-ray holds many gigs of data, doesn't it? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So. so I mean, and storage, mechanical storage, is so ridiculously cheap these days that it's it's a great time to be a geek. Right. So, in in news that may affect my uh, Wow Kung Fu Panda decisions, uh, today is the the actual launch of the much talked about sometime this fall uh, conversion of Star Wars: The Old Republic to free-to-play option. So I may wander around there a bit instead of uh, actually ponying up any cash just yet for Kung Fu Panda. Because um, I've been kind of waiting for them to... uh been checking in regularly to see when's my free option. Because I, I stopped by my pay uh, subscription back in, I want to say July or August. And basically as soon as they announced the free-to-play, I'm like, good, because I wasn't really feeling the love. I didn't feel like I was getting my 16 bucks worth out of uh, Old Republic, but I think I'll re- we'll revisit that and take at least my my one, my Sith Marauder to max level. I want to give them the chance, you know, to, to I will absorb the entire gaming experience all the way to max level. Um, also, because just my life has calmed down to the point where I'm actually finding time to play games and do things like, oh, I don't know, you know, work on my podcast and, you know, my family. You have a podcast? Oh, shut your mouth. You know the, the site is still up and running. You know and that's that's no small uh, feat of miracle at this point. The fact that nobody the fact that nobody noticed anything, I think, is a testament to uh, the fact that I've done a good job. Now, how aware are you about how Emperor capitalized on this last weekend during his show? Well, I'm assuming he took over my time slot and ran with it. No, uh, he. We didn't know you were going to be here until right. you didn't show up. Uh, <laughs> and so Emperor decided to come on maybe a little early like, uh, and, and play some musical pre-show and started teasing that uh, there was change in the air on the horizon. <laughs> uh-huh. And he ran with it for probably a good 20 minutes. That uh, Yeah, uh, and, and thanks to that, I'm getting messages on Facebook saying, well, sorry to hear your show's ending. It was a great run. Yeah. He kept saying that. Thanks uh, a lot, Emperor. That casually hardcore had been canceled. Shucks had been canceled. Uh, you guys were backing or pulling out of the station and putting him in charge, uh, and that's why the the oh does he want to be in charge? Were... I don't think so. Emperor, do you really want to be in charge? Because that'll mean posting your own damn RSS feed. <laughs> Not that I'm bitter or anything. Uh, I did like that in this fake coup, I uh, didn't get fired, so that was cool. <laughs> Gee, I'm glad that we got the important stuff handled. That's right. <laughs> we got to get Sakani, the angry black man, on their show. 
<laughs> oh no. He oh, was threatening yes. to uh drive to Cleveland a couple weeks ago during the Empress Court. Not well, I mean it takes a little longer than 3 hours to get from Palm Springs to Cleveland. Mhm. But you got to start sometime. Do you? Possibly. I got some free time on my hands. Yeah, right. I'm looking at my list titled uh, Reasons to Drive to Cleveland. You have a list? Blank. No, it's blank. I was going to say, I, I don't even have a list that, to, to be blank. I mean, yeah. it has never formed, said no man ever. So we have our uh, break coming up here. You are listening to Casually Hardcore with me because everyone else has apparently more important things to do with their time. Got more. Got the title track for the uh, album from Jonathan Colton and John Roderick. This is called One Christmas at a Time. We shall return right after this. Versus the World Radio uses Typefrag Ventrilo servers. Try them out for free at www.vtwproductions.com. Once you've experienced their incredible sound quality of their high availability worldwide servers, sign up for your own vent server at typefrag.com. Use promo code VTW for a special deal. Try on all of their fantastic features, such as their money-back guarantee, instant setup over the Internet, web-based control panel, live chat support, and servers based around the world, so you can always find one that is near to where you like to play. Versus the World uses Typefrag, and so should you. www.typefrag.com, promo code VTW. One Christmas at a time, baby, one Christmas at a time. I put all this year's presents on uh, my credit card and kind of went overboard, but by this time next year, my podcast will be earning serious money. One Christmas at a time, baby, one Christmas at a time, oh yeah, one Christmas at a time, baby, one Christmas at a time. Every year, my brother gets totally trashed and passes out on the couch. So this year, I dusted all the couches with itching powder. One Christmas at a time, baby, one Christmas at a time, oh yeah, one Christmas at a time, baby, one Christmas at a time. Look, I couldn't find a single Teddy Ruxpin anywhere, but they'll still be just as popular next year, and when I find a stash... I'll buy ten. One Christmas at a time, baby. One Christmas at a time. Oh yeah. One Christmas at a time, baby. One Christmas at a time. Listen, I know we've only been dating two and a half weeks, but they've been the best two and a half weeks of my life. And even though you said you wanted to take it slow, I just feel like. If every Christmas could be this amazing, why wouldn't we get started right away? Like, I already feel this excited for next Christmas. But anyway, I see from the somewhat ambivalent look on your face that maybe you need a little time to think it over or something. So maybe you shouldn't 
open that really small present just yet. One Christmas at a time. VTW Productions. 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 Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Versus the World Radio. Researched Chaos. (laughs) Casually Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio when Barry VA doesn't know when to be quiet for the intro. You didn't say anything! I said, here we go, we're going back on the air. But you were busy talking about 1D1s and touching yourself in strange places. I got distracted by the Black Void. Those rat bastards. Uh-huh. Sure, we'll just blame it on them, shall we? The proverbial day. Yes. So, Research Chaos is the name of the segment, and it is the segment of the show where you, the community, contribute and guide our discussions the Casually Hardcore All-Volunteer Research Team, which is a housed in a forum on the, a sub-forum on the Versus the World forums. Everyone can read it, so you can always read up on what interesting things are brewing there. If you wish to contribute to it, just send me a personal message to GnomeWise on the Versus the World forums, and I'll give you right access. Contributors this week include Sean Caster, Ye of the Few Years and Young Face, Aid with the Sexy Foreign Accent, MacBit, not to be confused with MacButt. Deus Ex, the Barry Von Awesome. Who's that guy? I've heard of, I've heard of that guy. And Pussar. All right. Hmm. So. It was, it was a little confusing this week because the show didn't happen last week, and then we were like, do we start with another topic? Do we carry over last week's topic? So there was two topics. Yeah, there's a blend. This mm-hmm. one was the, let's see... Research title was Sites Seceding and Sean Has an iPad of His Own or In Dear Memoriam of Captain Placeholder. At one point, it was just called Captain Placeholder, and then it became, I don't know, there was a whole thing this week where a couple of people were kept changing the title of the second research. <laughs> thread. Oh, I don't know what was going on there. I like it for not uh, showing up. So, <laughs> from the previous week's thread... Um, yeah. So in the fallout from the United States presidential election, there's a utility that whitehouse.gov, which is the public website uh, face of the executive branch of the United States government, where you may submit a question for the administration or a topic that you wish them to address and a petition is formed around that submission. And I think 25,000 
Signers is the point at the threshold at which they say that they will formulate some kind of a response. So this system has been used many times in many ways for different things. And in this time, more than a dozen U.S. states, um, all of which, of course, turned out voters in greater numbers for the uh, other guy in the United States presidential race, started petitions for seceding from the United States. Yeah, like that's going to happen. We'll see how that goes. My reaction is don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. But Exactly. I saw some comedians who formulated better responses, which were basically, sure, go, but first you're going to need to give back all these things that the federal government has given to you um, before you go. And, of course, they had this litany of multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar things that have gone in because the lines between the states and the feds have become so blurred over the years that the kind of seceding from the union that you could do in the days of the American Civil War, it's the, the world is a different place. But I thought it was an interesting and creative use of the tool to say – well, we don't like, you know, the system was used properly and we just don't like the outcome, so we're going to take our bat and our ball and go home. But that's just uh, not how the world works anymore, guys. You know, it's fine. We can lose a couple states because we almost kind of gained one this uh, this election cycle with yeah, Puerto Rico Puerto Rico's voting to become a state. Looking like they're maybe shooting for statehood. We'll see if we've got, you know, 51 stars on the flag before too much awfully longer. We shall see. Yeah, so I don't did know. It, did, I didn't read this uh, whole post, but did it say anything in there about which states they were? Uh, yeah, I went into detail. This is from Huffington Post, which is, if you don't know, um, is a a news organization with a decidedly liberal left-leaning bent. Um, and they make no, no bones about it. Um, but yes, the residents in more than a dozen states petitioned White House to secede from the United States. This was back on the 12th that this was posted. And let's see. So they have more than a dozen states. Let's follow that link. Uh, let's see. Whoops. I've gone to a dead link. Um, yeah, of course, only when I follow links live on the air does my, mm-hmm. my connection slow to a crawl. Whoops, the battle cry of the professional podcaster. Exactly. I did not mean to do that. That is not at all what I intended to have happen. We'll fix it in post. That's 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 the true battle cry of the podcaster is we'll fix it in post. Um, <laughs> so no, I'm not getting easy access to a quick list of it, but it was it was just interesting to see um that kind of reaction of Well we're just gonna leave then. <laughs> and they're probably sucky states anyways. Well, it's just, it's just historically that hasn't been the attitude, at least not in my lifetime. You know, there's been no shortage of rage or despair or, oh, God, it's the end of the world because my guy didn't win. So when it goes one way, you know, the, the battle cry is, oh, they're coming for your guns. And when it goes the other way, oh, God, we're going to invade every other sovereign nation in the world. And neither of them ever came to pass. Neither of them was true. And this is the first time in my life I've seen, you know, the reaction be, well, we're out of here then. 
<laughs> well, it's like everyone always says every election cycle. It seems like, well, if candidate X, wins, I'm moving to Canada. Canada. Right. Canada the, should be uh, overflowing with U.S. expats at this point. Then. <laughs> yeah. We double their population in five minutes. So. Uh, in I'm the, assuming people visit Canada and go, oh, wait, this was a horrible idea, and just turn around and come home. Canada's awesome. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's cold. I'm assuming it's cold. It's farther north than here, and it's I, cold see, here. Personally, I love the cold, so that's not a turnoff for me. Um, mm-hmm. If you ever get a chance to visit uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, um, for a – it's not quite metropolis level. It's not Chicago level of city – but for a major city, it is one of the cleanest and most beautifully maintained cities I have ever been in. To a point where I was That's... just kind of in awe of you know, cities sh- are supposed to be filthier than this. I suppose if you're up in that region, too, uh, and you had just left Seattle, that it would look amazing because Seattle is awful in that regard. It's, it's Seattle is, dirty. is gray and dirty. And that may have been <laughs> it because I was you know, living in Everett at the time, which is a major industrial town. I mean, Boeing aircraft is the major industry in Everett. Um, but it's not, it's actually, it's nicer than Seattle proper because it's, it is more you know, suburbish. There's more trees and, and land and grass to be seen. But <coughs> the transition to Vancouver was shocking. It's like, wow, you know, this is, this is the prettiest, you know, modern 20th century city I have ever seen. Um, that was many years ago, but I'm assuming they maintain their standards. They film a lot of TV shows in Vancouver. Yeah, well, the film industry has just exploded up there. I mean, they're, they are the Hollywood of the North because they have made it very appealing for production companies to go up there from tax breaks and facilities available and just being a nice place where people want to go to do their work. So, yeah, that's, the film industry has become a major deal up there. Well, you've convinced me. I guess I'm moving to Vancouver. I'll see you there. Save me a spot at the bar. A manly stuff in the RSC says, when it's cold, you don't want to leave the house to litter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll buy that. I was there in the summer, so it was gorgeous. I'll tell you, last night, no, two nights ago, I got a flat tire on the way home from work, and it was uh, 11 degrees outside. That's Fahrenheit mm-hmm. for our European friends. I was going and, to uh, 11. Yeah, 11. I was, uh, I was wearing shorts. It's like 90 degrees at, at work when I'm indoors, so I, I, wear, my, I wear shorts year-round, and... Uh, that ground was a bit chilly, uh, mm-hmm. kneeling there to jack my car up and take that tire off and put the, oh. put the donut on. <laughs> Eleven. Yeah. Yeah, that was possibly a mistake. Tactical error. Bring you know, just put, put a pair of sweats in the back of the car, if nothing else, just for an emergency. <laughs> oh, I have now. Yes. I, this is indeed what we have found. Uh, I've, I've started taking an extra pair of uh, pants I can throw on over my shorts. Uh, mm-hmm. Take those with me to work. Yes, but although I do not think I'm going to be getting, I had to go buy two new tires uh, the next morning, so I don't think I'm going to be getting any flat tires anytime soon. Knockwood. <laughs> yeah. So speak of the Lord. All right. So gear shift into entertainment news. Uh, this one's close to home for me because big Doctor Who nerd here. Uh, <laughs> David Tennant will return for the Doctor Who 50th anniversary project, which we don't really know what form that's going to take, but we now know <coughs> at least one of the recent former uh, actors who portrayed the Doctor will be returning for yes. whatever special they put together to celebrate 50. Yeah, that's right, five zero. For those of you who have only started watching Doctor Who with the 2005 revival with Christopher Eccleston, 
Um, there's a bit of a back catalog you might not be aware of. It's been on the air, not continuously, because uh, there was the big hiatus from the early 90s until 05. Um, yeah, 50 years since uh, Doctor Who originally went on the air. Well, it will be next year. Right, uh, next year is when they're going to celebrate it. <laughs> which puts them uh, just one year behind both James Bond and the Rolling Stones, which started in 1962 yes. and turned 50 this year, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is ridiculous. And then having, uh, we had the glory that is Babysitter, and Rebecca and I got out to see Skyfall uh, yesterday late afternoon, and for those of you, I mean, it, it is a a fine example of the James Bond breed. Um, now, I have a question for you. Uh, I have also seen the movie, and this is a little bit spoilerish for anyone that hasn't seen the movie yet, and although I don't know. It, it's it's not too terribly spoiler for the story, uh, but at one point in there, there is another James Bond agent or no, another double O agent who claims that uh, they erased his original identity uh, at one point uh, and, and made him into this other person when he was a double O agent. Is that not correct? That's what the villain in there was kind of getting at. That was the implication. But then we also get the implication that James Bond has always been named James Bond, even when he was a kid. What is that? I don't know. That confused me. That's that's the eternal argument about the James Bond series. Is this are these movies all about the same guy, or is it like Doctor Who, where you have different people filling this role, which is James Bond 007? And, okay. And in this movie, they seem to imply. That his real life name was was Bond, and he is occupying the role of Agent Zero Zero Seven, but his real name is Bond. James Here's Bond. what I like to think that they did: the Double O MI Six agency was so powerful that they, when they decided that this man is James Bond, they went back to his childhood home and redid everything. Changed the name on the gravestone and got the surly old groundskeeper to be like, listen, when you see him, his name is Jimmy now, okay? You call him James and Mr. Bond, Master Bond, whatever, when you see him. Whatever his old name was, is gone. We erased it. Barry, go back to sleep. <laughs> so. I thought, I was watching the movie and that made me chuckle. I'm like, wait, is he, he's always been in fun this one? Anyway, to, to close off this tangent, if uh, you're at, even a passing fan of... James Bond film. Skyfall is, is a fine... Uh, and they kind of make it a deliberate nod since it is, it is the 50th anniversary. They've got a little bit of everything in there. And they right. actually kind of tie up the film such that you could view all the existing Bond films as a, a massive circle because they end with the, the players in various positions where they are at the beginning of Honor Majesty's Secret Service. So... Right. You could see it as this never-ending circle of life thing where James, M, Q, and Moneypenny are all in their places and they've, they've returned to their beginning at the end. And it was really a nice nod to the, to the whole franchise. So, but getting back to the article that got us off on the tangent. Doctor um, Who. This is from nerdapproved.com. Although it seems like we won't be getting all the classic Doctors back for the 50th anniversary, we may at least be getting one. According to a solid source who spoke with Bleeding Cool, David Tennant will be back. Not even a maybe, but a solid yes. 
really hoping this one is true, because uh, there's a Who fan who wouldn't like to see Tenet back in the role of the Doctor. I wouldn't mind, I mean, seeing the three recent ones, though Eccleston has pretty much said not interested. If you want to see David Eccleston, just go see the new Thor movie when it comes out. David Eccleston? Chris Whatever. Eccleston. <laughs> I'm mixing them up. No, you know what? He regenerated and combined his names. There you go. So we'll at least see a little, a uh, little fun between uh, David Tennant and Matt Smith. Um, well, you know they could always just do. They've done nods with Matt Smith to some of the previous companions. At one point, he was on the TARDIS and he was looking for uh, Brigadier to interface with him. Yeah, he was looking. He was looking to hook up with Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart, his old drinking buddy. And only to to realize that he had died. Yeah, but there was what was that scene where he was dying and uh, he he was looking for it to interface with him as a virtual person and it it oh yes through like rows and things yeah. like that. I wouldn't be surprised if they did something where David Tennant was in the episode, but it, maybe it wasn't necessarily them together. Right, just or just some kind of flashback or something. Who knows? They've used all kinds of. I mean, they've they've done episodes before. They did an episode called The Three Doctors. With mm-hmm. William Hartnell, Patrick Troughton, and John Pertwee. Um, unfortunately, William Hartnell, when he was in really poor health, and they had to write his role down to just basically him appearing on a television screen. Um, then they did The Five Doctors, where they had a new actor playing William Hartnell's role because he had died. And then all the, they had added uh, Peter Davison, and because he was not on good speaking terms with John Nathan Turner at the time, um, Tom Baker refused to participate, so they used clips and bits and wrote him out of it. Mm-hmm. And then right. later on they did a horrible one with Colin Baker and Patrick Troughton called The Two Doctors, uh, which was just bad. Uh, so they have a history of finding excuses and reasons for the Doctor to intersect his own timeline and, and meet you know, classic versions of himself. Um, I'm also interested in seeing if they're going to do... Because they've always claimed they want to do something more with the Doctor's daughter that they... Uh, Created that one episode from his genetic material, played by the st- played by David Tennant's wife. Well, well she has since become his wife. Yes, and she was uh, in real life. She's the granddaughter of one of the previous doctors, yes. too, isn't she? Yeah, she's Peter Davison's daughter. Incestuous. Well, what's interesting is that the, the, the wacky thing there is uh, when you see interviews with David Tennant talking about you know who is his favorite doctor. Peter Davison was his favorite doctor mm-hmm. when he was watching the show growing up. And he's since married his daughter. Yeah, it's, it's all very convoluted. Who he met acting on the show, playing the, reprising the role of the, of, oh, God. <laughs> so did you get a chance to watch the preview for the Christmas special and the teaser for the preview for the Christmas special? I saw just the teaser where they showed the hot new companion who we've already met. Um, and that's really, they haven't indicated, I haven't seen anything that's talking about what the plot may be or who, what, what fun villain may be involved or what. Cyberman, I don't know. Well, I, I know that I posted both videos in the research thread uh, for last week's show. Not mind, how did I begin picture. this show telling you I've been living <laughs> an interesting life for the last two and a half weeks? And Well, let me just tell you that in the setup for the full teaser, or for full preview for the Christmas special, uh, uh, Matt Smith and the actress who's going to be playing the new companion uh, state pretty plainly that she is not playing the same character that she previously appeared as. And I'm not sure if they were being sarcastic or not. Based on the way they said it. I mean... Because they say something like, oh, how could that be? I mean, you died. You, you, know, already, but... you, already, you already put forth your theory as to how you think that is. 
Uh, I did. I, I don't think that was on the air. I think that was yes, just you that and I was. talking. Well, <laughs> but, uh, but the, uh, the, I mean, for everything I've read, it, it, it absolutely is the same person this time, and they did it very much on, pers- pers- on purpose oh. this time, unlike with the character Martha Jones, the actress who came on full-time as the companion Martha Jones played a minor role in the last episode of the previous series when they, when they met her and realized, hey, we really like your talent. We'd like you to read for the companion and then just quietly brought her on and just had a throwaway line about her cousin that worked at uh, Torchwood Towers um, to explain away the fact that you know this identical-looking person was in the previous episode. Well, and then Amy had been in an episode too, but she was just a minor character in the background. Kinda. Right. I mean, the one uh, Martha Jones is, you know, she had a speaking role and was part of the plot and was very noticeable, and you could absolutely say, "Hey, wait, that's was... the same woman." Wait, wasn't she, she? Her first appearance was in that episode where the doctor was in the hospital and it got sucked into the the moon or something, right? That was the first one with her as Martha Jones. The oh. episode that the actress pers- first appeared in was the season finale with the, the C- Cybermen versus the Daleks in Torchwood Tower. She was one of the workers that got taken over by the Cybermen's, you know, earpieces that reach into your brain with tendrils and kill you. And that was the your... that was the last episode with uh Rose. With Rose? The last oh, episode see. before they, you know, brought her back to resolve her storyline seasons later, but that's when they, uh, they split them into the two universes. That's right, because she was the companion after her. Okay, see, yeah, that's Mar- how little attention I was paying. I didn't yeah. even notice that. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't really have noticed until after having Martha Jones around for a season. If I had gone back and watched that episode, I would have gone, "Ooh, that's her!" Because she's a very striking. Uh, you know, you you would recognize her. Um, she's not someone who yeah. fades in the background. That it was a full speaking role. But anyway, I'm really looking forward to. Since Doctor Who is still enjoying this this big revival, um, what they throw at the uh, the fiftieth anniversary celebration because it should be a rocking good time for for nerds of my ilk everywhere. I believe that they say, uh, according to this clip that I put up on here, that the Doctor Who Christmas special is going to be called the Great Detective. Hmm. Capitalizing and- on, I mean, this is Moffat, Stephen Moffat, who is running. Both the Sherlock series and Doctor Who, more or less simultaneously. Mm-hmm. How cool would that be if they could really make them crossbreed? I doubt that we would have heard something about you know the actors being involved right now. Well, how, how awesome would that also, be? I don't think it'll be set crossing over with that particular show because uh, from all appearances from this trailer, it's set in... Uh, uh, Victorian. Like, or, Victorian. Well, not quite. I think that there are... It, it's more early 20th century... Well, I guess that's kind of Victorian. But yeah, it's more Victorian. That's the end of the Victorian era. Yeah. So, the the current Doctor Who certainly won't be crossing over with this. Yeah, that's too bad. Because there's no shortage of of fan fiction and and fan fantasizing about crossbreeding those two shows. Because just the Doctor meeting that particular incarnation of Sherlock Holmes, the, the writing potential there, just the dialogue between them would be just hours of good fun, even if they just did it as part of you know, the, the annual children's telethon that they do, that they always do the little, the little Doctor Who short in, um, and they also roll out the Christmas special as part of, it'd be fun if they were to do a sketch there where uh, Benedict 
Cumberbatch or Cumberbatch or whatever, however you pronounce that last name, and you know, his Sherlock Holmes meets <laughs> Matt Smith's Doctor. That would be hours of entertainment. Now, are you familiar with the fact that there's an ongoing, or at least it's still coming out, comic miniseries, comic book of the Doctor Who crossing over with Star Trek: The Next Generation? I'm trying not to know that that exists. I keep seeing it pop up on uh, my Comicsology app when it's like, oh, I'm gonna go, you know, I'm gonna go read the new Avengers <sighs> versus X Men. It's like, oh, there's a new issue of Doctor Who meets Star Trek: The Next Generation. Alrighty, moving on. <laughs> See that, and that's one that I didn't particularly feel needed, needed to, happen. to exist. Yeah, so I, I haven't. I mean, if somebody's picked it up and read it and thinks it, it's actually tons of fun, they need to let me know because, on its surface, and I've never and I've not looked beneath the surface, so I've had no urge to, to see if it's any good. Um, I just, I, I just the, the chances of it being awesome is, is uh, t- from my perspective, are vanishingly small. <laughs> but anyway, this, brought, this has brought us up against our next break. So, you are listening to Casually Hardcore live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Warm up those copies of Skype. Our fourth and final half of the show is coming up, and that's when you all call me. And we're going to talk about Black Friday and Cyber Monday and all this, the whole f- consumerism feeding frenzy that we have now entered in upon and what have you participated in so far? What have you deliberately ignored so far? What are, what's your feelings and, and the like? So point those copies of Skype at VTW Shows or go to the front page of VTWProductions.com. Look in the lower right-hand corner for the I'm Online icon and click on that. And you should auto-dial upon clicking. I am Gnomewise. That's Barry Von Awesome. And we'll be back right after this. Christmas shopping at the airport A dozen ringer teas He bought at Eddie Rickenbacker's bar
from Radio Free Burrito, and you are listening to Versus the World Radio. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Nerds with opinions. Casually Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio. And I believe I have accidentally paused my background track. There we go. No? There we go. And... The Skype calls do commence without my even needing to ask. It is a happy, happy thing. Welcome to Casually Hardcore. You're on the air. Who's calling? Hello, guys. It's Aid here. Aid, thank you for bringing the accent to the party, don't you know? <laughs> eh? Eh? <laughs> yeah, no, I can't do a accent. <laughs> I'm not going to try. Oh. Anyway. Yeah, being Europe, or from Europe, I don't really do Black Friday. Is there any kind of equivalent to that in the EU, in your, in your region, is there a, a big shopping day? We have Americanizations of Black Friday. Okay. Um, I'm, so to, like for which, Amazon, for which may, for may I apologize on behalf of our nation? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I guess the closest idea I can come up with would be things like the Christmas sales. So you got the Boxing Day sales and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. it's not really the same as. It doesn't seem to be as extreme as Black Friday seems to be. Consume. Sorry, just, yeah, just but then voicing voicing the Europeans aren't quite as extreme, shall we say, as Americans are either. So are you saying that, that maybe Americans a take surprise? things to extremes? How, 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 whatever do you mean? I wouldn't want to say that Americans are a bunch of consumers, but silence. Yeah, need to buy. <laughs> must consume, must consume, must consume. Yes. So seeing consume as you consume mass quantities. Now, the concept of Cyber Monday, where this coming Monday, a lot of the online retailers are putting forth some of their best deals of the year. That would have a greater chance of affecting you. Do you have any interest in that? I've been keeping my eye on the Steam sale, but there is I there is don't... retail out there beyond Steam. I mean, <laughs> I say online retail, and everyone says, "Oh yeah, Steam sale, Steam sale, Steam sale, Steam sale." Well, okay, I keep my, and I'm keeping an eye on Amazon as well, I suppose. But really, again, certainly the the stores that I frequent, we don't have a lot of things that I've seen outside of large American brands right. that will do anything. Large American brands who believe that the entire world behaves the same as it's Americans. Exactly. Not arrogant um, at all. 
But I mean, I have to admit, at the moment, I got mugged. Well, I got mugged, pickpocketed, whatever you want to call it. Money was taken off me on last week, so I don't have a lot of money at the moment, anyway. So. Well, the I mean, the subtle difference between mugging and pickpocketing. Did you simply realize at some point that your money had gone missing, or were you given a head wound and your money was taken? I was not given a choice in the matter, but I, I nothing occurred, thankfully. But but it was threatened. So this was not... not it, someone it, someone did not was, subtly, subtly remove things from your person. They yes, threatened was, you and took them. There wasn't any subtlety about it. Yes. So you were mugged. Yes, you were definitely mugged. Yeah. Um, uh, and that person should die in a fire. Well, thankfully, they didn't get very much, but it was still... Yeah, I don't need this. It was still yours, and you don't now... Yes. And now you have a level of fear of your fellow man that didn't exist before. Thank you very much, you rat bastard son of a bitch. Die in a fire. Well, that, I wouldn't be upset by that, yes. I, I, we will find them, and we will kill them. No, that would be good. We have the power. Set fire. In- yeah, internet. internet Go find them. Yeah. The internet is scary about these things. <laughs> Wait, where did this happen? I can start aiming my weather machine in that direction. That's right. Dump some kind of hurricane on it. This would be Birmingham in the West Midlands between New Street Station and Mill Street Station. All right, if you're still living there, you better move, because I'm going to smite the entire city from the earth. Sweet. That's near my office at work as well, so that'll be cool. Focus on that photo and enhance. Enhance grid 12. <laughs> enhance. Enhance. Oh, God, no. <laughs> what do you mean the world? What do you mean real life is not like CSI? Yes, just get, get, get the picture of the eye, reflect it. Yes. Um, mirror image. Yeah. King of... Give me a break. <laughs> You're saying it's not an accurate depiction of reality? I've never seen anything that good, and I, I'm not too shocking with Photoshop. Aid, what are you saying? If they ain't got it, they ain't got it. God damn it, you shattered my image. <laughs> <laughs> so, Barry, what was your level of involvement in the uh, feeding frenzy or, or lack of involvement? Um, I was driving to my sister's house. Thanksgiving dinner on the evening uh, of uh, Thanksgiving Day, and so I drove past uh, several shopping centers and viewed that uh, many idiots were waiting in line for the 8 o'clock opening of the stores, and I thought, morons, you fools. Well, that was part of it, uh, is they've pushed the barrier they don't have, oh, sorry. They've pushed the barrier further this year than before. It used to be they had 3 or 4 a.m. openings on Friday as the, the extremes and several retailers pushed it into um, 8 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day. And I fully expect next year is just going to be, screw it, we're open on Thanksgiving and oh, that's to hell with our employees. That's complete shit. I think that's a terrible way to treat your employees. They just should get a holiday of all people because as bad as it may, people may complain about being out in line and waiting for some stupid deal or whatever on Black Friday, those people have a choice. Right. They can choose to go out there and do that. People that work their half to go in and show up for work on Black Friday, and it's ridiculous. Everyone should just settle down and just go at noon on Friday anyways. I don't know what it's like in other cities, but here, whatever big doorbuster deal there is at 8 o'clock or midnight when the store opens or whatever time it is, is almost always still available the next day at like four in the afternoon mm-hmm. they don't sell as many as you think not everyone's gonna you know even if best buy only has six tvs in the store that's you know sort of a great deal it's not really that great of a deal and in my experience when i was working for the evil giant best buy uh people would show up get their reserve ticket for the six tvs that were a sort of good deal and then not pick them up 
so they would just sell them to somebody else later in the day. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. Yeah, people need to settle the heck down. Calm down. Have some dip. Yeah. Yeah, Tell and, us how you really feel. I hate Black Friday. It's the worst. And I and I just just on the perspective of it, it's the horrible way to treat your employees. I mean, I'd have to be at the store at like some ridiculous five a.m. thing, and they force you to work a twelve-hour shift. It's just dumb. Barry, people should just stop hiding behind innuendo. How do you really feel? <laughs> the love I am feeling it. Yeah, I'm assuming Black Friday is not a holiday for you guys. No. No. Many, many organizations do give that day off. Simply so people can. So I mean, the 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 reason this evolved is it was such a common occurrence for employers, since they were going to be giving people Thursday off for Thanksgiving Day, and Thursday Thanksgiving always is on a Thursday. Um, they would often just give them Friday, so they have a four day extended holiday weekend. So the retailers realized, well, this is a chance where the the big chance. And the guaranteed chance during the holiday season where a lot of people who might not otherwise have time to go shopping because they have this extra day off and they've already satisfied their familial obligations on Thursday, they have this Friday day that they don't normally have off. Saturday, people are used to having off and may already have things planned. But there's this glorious Friday where they're going to have time on their hands. And if we show them that there's these great deals and it turned into this, this is the perfect storm for retailers... And they would just look at their books and say, yeah, this is the day every year where our books turn the corner and we go from running at a loss to having a profit because this is when the, sh- the, the shoppers were able to turn out in numbers. Well, we do know that heavily discounting items does make sales. Yes, and it's, but it's, I mean, it's turned into this. You can't be everywhere, so everyone is trying to have the sexiest deal and the one that draws the most people because they know that people basically, they're going to camp out for one. And then because they're already there, that's the store that will get the rest of their shopping. Just so, out of interest, does the Apple stores do anything for Black Friday? Oh, hell no. Monkeys? Apple they products are sold at Apple prices at all their outlets. And any retailers that are authorized Apple resellers sell things at the prices that Apple dictates. And Apple doesn't put things on sale. The only things that go on sale are when newer, you got the seconds and things like that. Newer, newer models. No, basically, when a newer model arrives at the top of the line, um, everything gets shoved down one price point. Or if it's a direct Can't, replacement, they'll put a slight discount on the one it's replacing until they're gone. Haven't you seen certainly in the Europe in the e, in the UK store, they had a refurb zone on their online store where I think they did like things Macs that had been out on the. I guess in the, going out for, for trade shows or yes. sitting on shelves doing they nothing. Do have, or, they do have factory renewed and refurbished uh, Apple products. Okay, so they've got that, but they haven't got. But it's not on new things, obviously. There's almost never a sale. I mean, Apple, that's been Apple's pricing model forever. They don't have the sale mentality. They have the price is what the price is, and so you should feel no need to wait for it to go on sale. If you desire it, you should buy it now because it's not going to be any cheaper. And it's going to be obsolete in three months. Shh. That part they don't want you to think about. <laughs> As with all technology. Mm, this is true. Apple is just a particularly uh, extreme example of the breed where you can really guarantee that minimum 
minimum one time per year, every product will get a refresh and an update. Apart from the Mac Pro line. Mac Pro, yeah, that one waits forever in an ice age for its refresh. Yeah. Um, in fact, I have a client who just purchased a refurbed um, old G5 uh, Mac Pro. I've got one if you if you want one. It's in the UK, but <laughs> I've got one. I might need it for parts because the reason they they had their old G4 uh, Mac Pro that basically had some components fail and just it was so much less expensive just to buy a whole used G5 than to bother trying to repair the old G4. Because they, they do video editing, and they have their software suite that works beautifully for... If they're willing to pay shipping from Europe, mm-hmm. it's free to go at home at the moment. So, I mean, that's actually a serious thing, because I was, yes, that might I was be, getting rid of it. That might be a, a bit just... of a deal-breaker. Yeah. Although you've reminded me of something I was supposed to mention earlier. Those of you whose names we read off last show, so not last week, but the week before when we were on the air, um, and have... One, one of the items from the great goodie bag giveaway, um, please check your junk mailboxes and your in- inboxes. We're waiting for people to send us their shipping addresses so we can send items out to them. And I'm just fearful for list, and I haven't received anything from you. Um, the, I don't know if you sent mine. Let this but... be your, your verbal request to please uh, send your shipping information to... Uh, the show, I beg your pardon, to ch at vtwproductions.com um, so that we might ship you your your loot. Um, I will, I'm going to resend so, all the requests ch today. At vtw vtwproductions.com. And type p r o d u c t i o n s dot com. This is a road trip, obviously. Mm-hmm. Shipping details. Bring it on. So I'm going to send another batch of the. You're a winner! Uh, notifications, and please uh, check your spam filters, various things that might have intercepted the message, and respond when you can so that we might get these into the mail to you before the great holiday shipping rush. We'd like to get these in your hands sooner rather than later. Um, I did put, I don't know if you got my message on the forums, but I I did say if you want, I'm happy to act as a... UK distributor, because obviously I know it's, it costs a couple of quid to send things over here. If we, might, we might want to I'm going to get a, a final listing of who is where and might bulk ship one big package to you and then have you disseminate it to their final destinations. That wouldn't be a problem for me. Oh, thank you for offering. We greatly appreciate it. Not a problem. We're a team nope. effort here on Casually Hardcore. Now we just need the audio team to go back and pull out that section where he was very slowly reading the email address and website. <laughs> He was typing it in. H at I can. That's easy. I even did a typo in the middle of it. Awesome. That's how we like it. Everyone's screwing up our address. That's great. (laughs) It's too long. long. You're too long. Shut up. Hang up on him quick. (laughs) That's what she's. No, I can't. (laughs) There, I, I hung up on him. Where did I hang up on? I think you hung up on Barry. Oh, good. That's exactly who I intended to. <laughs> I just put myself on mute when I said hung up on him because you hadn't hung up on me. No, so no, no, like, no, 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 I'm no. I'm just going to be quiet on I that was look. very deliberately misclicking, air quotes given there. Yes. It's, it's disgusting when that kind of thing happens. Oh, it's, it's just I terrible. It's, it's awful, well. I tell you. It's a terrible, terrible thing. All right. Welcome to Casually Hardcore. You're on the air. Who's calling? 
Hello. I can hear our broadcast. I can hear mumbling. Can I give a shout out, actually? Give a shout out. You go forth. Can I give a shout out to Ambrosia Hartnett, seeing that I've heard anything yet? Are you playing the part of our Agri SW for, for today? Oh, I don't want to get jealous. <laughs> it wouldn't be a call in segment without the, the statutory shout out to Ambrosia Hartnett. Indeed. So, shout out, so given. Uh, still, not, let me give another. Let's try and actually call that person back and see if they realized that they were even calling us. Who knows what they're doing? I just worked here. So, have you partaken in anything in the Black Friday show, or is no. it all kind of lights in the known front? I know. Aha! Now I hear voices. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Someone nope. appears to be having Skype issues. All right. No, I. Uh, 10 years of my developmental life um, working retail. Um, I am therefore scarred and don't really do the, uh, the Black Friday thing. It's, it's yeah. more sort of anathema to me. So it's, it's <coughs> a kind of for all of us, really, isn't it? It's, I mean, if, if I should probably do it. Because there's there's tremendous savings to be had, and it would be a positive thing for the family's budget to be able to do you know a Christmas on as little you know as little money as possible. Because basically, every bit you save is is a good thing in the ultimate scheme of things. However, I just can't bring myself to do it. I mean, I, I've always gone off the opinion of if you wouldn't pay full price for a product. Don't buy it. Well, or but there's basically things where you definitely want the product, but you simply cannot justify it responsibly in your budget. Well, you can't justify that at the moment in time, yeah. I mean, it's like I was looking, I think, at Dishonored, and, and it was going at 50% off. Mm-hmm. It's sitting there. I want it, but I really have my at the moment. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. We'll and I think I'm I was going to give one more shot to... Does <coughs> that cough all over you? Hmm, where did he go? He's gone. He's disappeared. There he is. There we go. Give it one more try here. So I know the Skype is working because so I can hear the sultry tones of the aid. Hello, you're on the air. Who's calling? Is this not aid? No, but no that doesn't no- sound like aid. That's, that's an- far nice voices. That's a, it's a f- another fuzzy foreigner. How are you today, Pusar? I'm doing fine, and I did exactly zero shopping on Black Friday. Well, you're also from one of those EU places, are you not? Yes, and we had this awesome Black Friday sale with 15 to 20% off on those games that they couldn't otherwise sell. And this is a great tradition that they have been running since 2010. Ten when we saw it in some American sitcom. Mm-hmm. We blame you. You should. We are blameworthy. Um, all the world's <laughs> ills can be traced to our door. Yes, you are blameable, and you have thusly been blamed. But because of us, you have Xbox, so it can't be all bad. I was going to sure. say, is that a good thing? Hey, you watch your mouth, young man. Don't make me come over there. 
Yeah, because it's such a lovely. You don't want him to get out of his chair. Hey, <laughs> young lady, I will. I will hang up on you. I. That's about all I can threaten. Oh, you don't want to hang up on me. Possibly. I'm way too cute. Oh, are you now? I was. I've never been told. Is she cute? Aid, you're closer. Have a have a good look. I can see an eye. Yeah, that's a, a really. Quite remarkably creepy uh, Skype avatar you've chosen, Pussar, by the way. Creepy? That's, that's actually creepy my either? own eye. Yeah, and you're looking deep into my soul, and I do not like it. Yes, uh, I'm looking into your soul, early. and I'm hoping to steal some of your secrets. I have no secrets. Yes, you do. You have one particular secret that I need to bring you out of you. No. I have no secrets. My soul is laid bare. That is the password to the twenty-four stream. That's not a secret. That's um, a secret. Just misplaced. <laughs> I'm gonna make one more stab at this. Hello, you're on the air. Can you hear me this time? I think so. Give me uh, a second. No. Aha! I heard a response that time. Who's calling? Deus Ex, how are you now? Deus, how are you doing? Glad we finally got to hear from you. I've been busy. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not saying. I'm just saying the behind-the-scenes wrestling with Skype that had to happen just now to actually get a solid connection to you is what I was referring to. How was your Black Friday? I actually spent it playing Kung Fu of Mesopendaria. And how are you enjoying Kung Fu Panda? Uh, it's okay. I'm... <coughs> I'm one of the suckers that signed up for the annual pass, but okay. I probably won't be keeping it. So, but you've got, you have, when did you sign up? Back in July? Uh, I think January this year. Oh, okay. So you only got through January that you're locked into having access to all that stuff. Yes. And you, so you're thinking, are you just basically playing it because it's there? Because you've got the annual pass at this point? Well, yeah, I've basically committed the money to playing it. But you also got your, air quotes, free copy of Diablo 3, right? Yeah. And have you have you just already worn that one out? I haven't been able to play Diablo 3. I've gotten maybe halfway into the first act, and that'd be it. Oh, wow. I because, because whenever Diablo 3 came out was whenever our, whenever we moved. So ah, so life was not from, conducive. Yes. That does answer my question of, was that worth it? Was the annual pass worth no. it to you? No. I could have used the money for Steam sale. What was the cost on the annual pass? I forget. Let's see. I was paying $40-something every three months. I actually had done a six-month stretch at one point, and that was $70. So for the cost of the annual pass, I could have probably bought a lot of games. Oops. What's the... Don't they have the timed modes or whatever it is? The timed hard mode dungeons or something. They seem to be about the only compelling piece of inverted com- content in uh, Mr. Pandaria. Yeah, but you don't get access to those till level 90 anyway. Uh, and I'm nowhere near 90. Are you, are oh, you and those level- time things, they aren't just for level 90. They're like level 90 when you're Badass at rating. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, it, as you say, it's for, it sounds like it's for badassery, but it sounds that the, it's the only thing that isn't fluff that's been added. Yeah. 
And but basically, if you don't have a certain if you don't levels. have a certain item level, you can't even get into the timed versions, right? Uh, as far as I'm aware, yeah. Oh, guild leader. I mean, a guild that uh, I was one of the founding members of this guild that somehow survived for all these years, <laughs> and they just got their first time challenge run done yesterday. And that was the main tank, the main healer, and two of the main DPS, and one guy. I can't remember the last one. And that and that guy. And are that other guy. I don't know. I haven't been in it yet. Okay. Oh, by the way, shout out to Actanon Verba on Ashulnarup. New. Shout out to Given. Alliance side. <laughs> I'm back. Pusser is back. <laughs> and Pusser is still healing as she has been healing ever since Cataclysm. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Oh, yes, I'm so scary. All right. When I first got to Pandaland, I didn't even have any retribution gear. Pandaland! Yeah, so I stood there in my healing gear with my little healing mace and my little healing shield and went, eh! <laughs> tap, 300 tap, tap. hit points. 300 hit points. Great. You only have 900,000 of those. Yeah. You might <laughs> this want, is going to take a while. You might want to consider respecking <laughs> and, and getting oh, good gear. Oh, I did. All right. We need to wrap this up because the Emperor is knocking on the door of the IRC. All hail the Emperor. All hail the Emperor. Coming up next live on Versus the World Radio, the Emperor's Court. Your three-hour break from internet porn. But the internet is for porn. The internet is Wait a minute, you porn. actually take a break from the porn while he's on air? Pat, 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 pat. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I was distracted. But anyway, I'm just not going to talk about that. All right. Thanks go out to all of the volunteers on Versus the World Radio, Versus World Productions. The Rock for helping me maintain the 24-7 server. Biomed Alchemist for maintaining the Shoutcast servers. And all the people who participate in the audio team the graphics team, and the Casually Hardcore research team. Find us on Facebook. You can search for Casually Hardcore and Versus the World Productions or just VTW Productions. You can follow the varietal people on this show on Twitter at Alpha Geek Radio for the show, at VTW Productions for the network, Gnomewise for me, Izzy Grail for that guy who's not here, DaxSCH for that girl who's not here, Gwenora for that guy who's also not here, and Iolate underscore CH for that really hot babe who's not here. Send us your emails, especially those of you who have won things in the great goodie bag giveaway of Aught 12. Send us your shipping addresses to ch at vtwproductions.com. That's ch as in casually hardcore at vtwproductions.com. Check out our system sister feeds, and hopefully on the uh, Alpha Geek interview sister feed, we may soon, God willing and the scheduling gods smile upon us, have an interview with author and general nerd Jim Butcher before too much awfully longer here. Ooh. So check out Alpha Geek that interviews. Sounds awesome. Yeah, well I'm negotiating with the uh PR person and we've had two dates that were of course right smack dab in the middle of the holiday week that did not pan out. So I'm hoping when she comes back in on Monday and sees my email saying saying you know, we missed each other because of the holiday that she doesn't respond with, well that's the end of his you know PR tour for the new book. See you next year. We'll see. But Alpha Geek Radio and Alpha Geek Interviews are our sister feeds. Check them out. And... Oh, sorry. 
Uh, take a moment, sponsor a segment. $5 gets you... So we just set off my own dog here. Well, uh, gets you the ability to tell us what we need to say at the beginning of any particular segment. Check it out on the Casualty Hardcore section of Versus the World Productions on the right-hand side. While you're there, if you have something to buy from Amazon... We have search tools there where if you begin your search there, whatever you purchase, we get a little cut of, and it costs you nothing extra to support the show and the station. You can find us on Stitcher Radio, both the live feeds and the podcast archives. <sighs> Coming up next, the aforementioned Emperor and his merry band of followers. Adults only, please. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel with a different motley assortment of hosts. I have been gnome-wise, you have been the world, and that was a different show that's not on the air anymore. And I am... out of here. Bye-bye, radio people. Happy trails to you. Happy trails to you.